Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J. Book 2, Chapter 4, Section 12, The Triumph of Humility. To the souls which are faithful to him, God promises a glorious victory over the powers of the world and of hell. If the divine action is hidden here below under the appearance of weakness, it is in order to increase the merit of souls which are faithful to it. But its triumph is nonetheless certain. The history of the world from the beginning is but the history of the struggle between the powers of the world and of hell against the souls which are humbly devoted to the divine action. In this struggle, all the advantage seems to be on the side of pride. Yet the victory always remains with humility. The image of the world is always presented to our eyes as a statue of gold, brass, iron, and clay. This mystery of iniquity, shown in the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, is nothing but a confused medley of all the actions, interior and exterior, of the children of darkness. This is also typified by the beast coming out of the pit to make war from the beginning of time against the interior and spiritual life of man. All that takes place in our days is the consequence of this war. Monster follows monster out of the pit, which swallows and vomits them forth again amidst incessant clouds of smoke. The combat between St. Michael and Lucifer that began in heaven still continues. The heart of this once magnificent angel has become, through envy, an inexhaustible abyss of every kind of evil. He made angel revolt against angel in heaven. And from the creation of the world, his whole energy is exerted to make more criminals among men to fill the ranks of those who have been swallowed up in the pit. Lucifer is the chief of those who refuse obedience to the Almighty. This mystery of iniquity is the very inversion of the order of God. It is the order, or rather the disorder, of the devil. This disorder is a mystery because, under false appearance of good, it hides irremediable and infinite evil. Every wicked man who, from the time of Cain up to the present moment, has declared war against God, has outwardly been great and powerful, making a great stir in the world, and being worshipped by all. But this outward semblance is a mystery. In reality, they are beasts which have ascended from the pit one after another to overthrow the order of God. But this order, which is another mystery, has always opposed to them really great and powerful men who have dealt these monsters a mortal blow. As fast as hell vomits them forth, Heaven at the same time creates fresh heroes to combat them. 
ancient history, sacred and profane, is but a record of this war. The order of God has always remained victorious, and those who have ranged themselves on the side of God have shared his triumph and are happy for all eternity. Injustice has never been able to protect deserters. It can reward them only by death and eternal death. Those who practice iniquity imagine themselves invincible. O oh God, who can resist you? If a single soul has the whole world and all hell against it, it need have no fear if, by abandonment, it takes its stand on the side of God and his order. The monstrous spectacle of wickedness, armed with so much power, the head of gold, the body of silver, brass, and iron, is nothing more than the image of clay. A small stone cast at it will scatter it to the four winds of heaven. How wonderfully has the Holy Spirit illustrated the centuries of the world, so many startling revelations, so many renowned heroes following each other like so many brilliant stars, so many wonderful events. All this is like the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, forgotten on waking, however terrible the impression it made at the time. All these monsters only come into the world to exercise the courage of the children of God. And if these are well-trained, God gives them the pleasure of slaying the monsters and sends fresh athletes into the arena. And this life is a spectacle to angels, causing continual joy in heaven, work for saints on earth, and confusion to the devils in hell. So all that is opposed to the order of God renders it only the more to be adored. All workers of iniquity are slaves of justice. And the divine action builds the heavenly Jerusalem on the ruins of Babylon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does Father Dick Hossad end this book with a recounting of the devil and the great battle between Michael and the angels, the bad angels? Why does he put so much stress on the devil in this chapter? Well, first of all, because we are meant to remember that in this battle to become perfect, in this battle become saints, in this battle to give ourselves over to divine action, to surrender ourselves to divine providence, the battle to become truly humble, 
it will be just that. It will be a battle. And we can never forget that there is a devil. That is, there is an extremely powerful angel who excelled all others in knowledge, according to Father de Cossade, and yet who rebelled. Who rebelled because he would not submit himself to God's plan. He wouldn't submit himself to the adoration owed to a man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And so he rebelled. And because he refused to love and submit to God, there was no choice but to create hell. And the devil and his angels, having been frustrated by the Blessed Virgin Mary, make war on the rest of her children. Now the devil can't win in the end because Christ has won. But he tries to mess things up as much as he can. And he doesn't want souls to follow this simple path of divine filiation, this path of divine childhood, this path of abandonment to divine providence, the providence of our loving Father, following the example of Jesus, living by the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, truly conquering evil by humility. This is what the devil and evil cannot overcome. Those who are completely submissive to God are the ones who are the greatest enemies to the devil's plans. Because in this submission, in this humility, we're not only growing in holiness, but we're winning graces for other people in the mystical body of Christ. What we're doing is we're generating divine love, even in our hiddenness, even in our obscurity, even in our homes, our simple devotion to the will of God makes us like hearts in the mystical body of Christ. That's the way St. Therese described herself. She would be the heart, pumping love to all the other members of the church. Because if they forget to love, if they forget about love, the preachers will stop preaching, she says. The missionaries will stop evangelizing. For it's love which is the great motivator. And this whole book is basically a description of how divine love takes over a heart. Such that divine love and the power of the Holy Spirit becomes the main driving force of one's life. In all the darkness, all the purification, all the confusion, is allowed by God so that we will no longer rely on ourselves and our own powers and our own judgment, but we will be deeply purified in our minds and our hearts and our emotions and our imagination so that everything in us will be for the glory of God the Father through Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. This is what it's about, and this is what the devil doesn't want. He doesn't want us to become holy because in the end, that's what makes the church strong. When we have men and women who are following the Lord and doing his will, accepting everything actively, but also passively. And so Father Dekosad's warning us. The devil will try to derail us. The devil will try to scare us. The devil will try to intimidate us. 
But just as Michael and his angels were victorious, so we too, by the blood of the Lamb, can be victorious. If we don't rely on our own power, if we allow the power of God to enter into us. And so what do we need to do? Well, we need to do what St. Philip said. Every day, read books that start with S. That is, St. Augustine, St. Thomas, St. Ambrose, St. Bernard. We have to read books about the saints because they are the ones that make this life livable. They are the ones who show us where God is here and now. And that's why next we'll be reading the life of Mother Teresa. We'll be reading her book, Come Be My Light. And who said that to her? Jesus. Jesus wanted Mother Teresa to be his light, to bring his light into the slums of Calcutta. And Christ wants you and I to be his light too. To carry his light to others. The only way to carry that light is if we're inspired. Inspired by the flame that is the Holy Spirit. And inspired by the great saints, his masterpieces. Who encourage us that what they were, we now are. And what they can be, we by the grace of the Holy Spirit can become too. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.